Welcome to Dads, Daughters, and Dollars, a financial podcast for everyone. Now, here's one of my favorite people. (laughs) I'm Sean, the dad, clearly the favorite. And I'm Caitlin, the daughter, clearly my dad's mistaken. I wish we were doing like a video of us dancing during that. Well, I wasn't dancing, uh, but intro music. He was really giving it a good shimmy, um, and right. that was really fun. I like that intro music. I like it a lot. Yeah, I think, and it, I like the woman who introduces us. Yeah. That's my wife, Deanne. Yeah, no, she's she's pretty cool. Um, I I also approve. Uh, thank you for making her my mom. You know, you guys didn't have a choice in who you got out the womb, but here I am. Um, <laughs> so, uh, welcome to the show. Welcome back. Uh, we did kind of take a little break of a week, but that's because things are sometimes hectic, but that's why our intro music is so amazing because it really gets us into the spirit, especially for recording late or whenever our schedule um, allows. Yes, allows. But so today we're kind of switching it up. I had this idea um, to, I guess, I I don't want to say put you on the spot, but see where something takes us. Put me on the spot. Go for it. (laughs) Um, But so basically my dad has a whole bunch of financial journals. I feel like- It's like two and a half. Two and a half. Okay. I was going to say somewhere around four just because I feel like he doesn't type as much as he loves. I feel like writing down things when you're learning. Like if you're listening to a podcast, you're not going to type about it. It becomes clearer in my head. Yes. Now there is some parts of that journal that like if I- you type so, up something, you tape If I it took in. something off the internet and it was really long, I might have just reduced the print and then taped it, like Xeroxed it and taped it into the journal. But it's stuff that I've I've probably done this over a 10-year period, maybe longer. I don't remember yeah, exactly. I feel like the journals have always been a very big part of our household where there's like just, you know, one or two. There was a period where like two, you were going back and forth between two and they were always on like a kitchen counter or a living room or a table of some kind. But here we are. Here we go. Great. I am going to open up a random page and we're going to see where it takes us and hopefully we learn something along the way. Cool. So this page um, is about saving tips of the rich and the debt snowball calculator uh, and paying off debts in general. Um, okay. And what to do when buying a house. Is, and this is so just So it's, two a, it's pages. a lot of random things. So I, w- the way these journals are formed is like, I'll read a, an article or I'll listen to a podcast or I'll read a magazine or a book or something. And I could say 90% of it might not ring a bell with me or, or have any sort of impact on me. But then every once in a while I'll go, oh, I just learned something. I got to put this in my journal. And that's how I came up with a financial sort of philosophy. So you can see over this two-page area of this journal, there might be four different subjects. So I don't right. know if you want yes. to turn to a well, page well, that has can, one subject. We can focus on one because I do have a question. What is a debt? Is it a debt snowball calculator is basically just like, you know, you put in your mortgage, you put in et cetera, you put in whatever. Is that basically just saying the way compound interest works one way, this is a calculator that kind of shows you that debt right. works the other way? Correct. Okay. And, and uh, you can even read out of there. The yeah, calculator is at is at financialmentor.com and that's all one word, all all one word, yeah. Yeah. And so it that site, which I had never heard of until whenever, that's pretty early into my first journal. 
when I read about that side, I said, oh, this is smart because if you're ever paying off debt, if I ever want to give you some advice or somebody else asks me about this, yeah. I will know where to send them. If you go to this site, you can say, okay, I have $58,000 worth of college debt. How long will it take to pay off at whatever interest rate, et cetera? Right. And you can say, if I pay a little bit extra, this is where I'll wind up in X amount of years. So I guess I'll ask this one question, and I don't know if you know it offhand, the answer, so no big deal. Do loans and, and the people who, you know, you're paying your money towards, your college loans towards, do they not tell you, like, this is your no, timeline? They will give you a timeline. But I don't know of any college loan, and I could be wrong, that you can't prepay a little extra. Got it. Okay. So, for instance, I did take a loan for you. I got a very, very small loan for you when you were like a sophomore in college or a junior. Maybe it was your first semester, second semester at Michigan, and we had a, a loan, and I don't remember the exact amount. It might have been something really small, like, oh, $3,000. And it was the terms that I remember, because I read these things in detail, was I didn't have to pay it off until you graduated. And then they changed the terms. And, oh. and after your sophomore year, it was like, okay, the money's due and the interest starts running. And I got this little cryptic email and like I read the emails in detail and like the 18th paragraph said something about, oh, and now the- In the tiny fine print. And I went, boom, and I paid the $3,000 off right away because I'm not paying any interest on it. The only, I could afford to send you to school, but I took the loan because hopefully if the stock market went up during that time, that $3,000 I might have paid $2,000 for to repay it back. Right. Um, well, so, so yeah, it just makes me wonder, I guess the debt snowball calculator could be something where, you know, you can put maybe a calculate into that, that you're paying, you're trying to pay more off than what's really owed. Correct. And you can put in the interest rate and you can kind of figure out if you set yourself a goal and you say, okay, I want all my college debt done by the time I'm age 29 and you graduate at 22. So you're giving yourself seven years to pay it all off because you're going to start saving for a house or whatever you're going to do. Then you can say if, you know, the loan was going to take you 15 years to pay off, what do you have to do to get serious about paying it off in seven years? And that will show you. Um, You've now turned to another page. I have just because I wanted to see. This if is like you're rolling. We're going to call this the roulette of the financial it journal. Kind she of spun. Is. She spun it, and it's come up on. Um. Boom! 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 Okay. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stars around this one, which is a very funny thing that I've noticed in uh, your journals before because I've read a couple of them before. Just you know. I've seen a page open, you know, somewhere you put stars around things and I do the same thing. I think that's probably pretty common where, you know, just to highlight something super important, you know, newsflash, read all about it. If you never sell your index funds until retirement or later, you never lose money. Correct. And we've talked about this in the index fund uh, episode that we did, which Uh, is, I think. uh, And there's been bits and pieces of just general investing advice throughout. That was the episode I think titled, uh. The, the Michael Jordan of investing. Yes, that was a two-parter as well. About so. Jack Bogle. Mm-hmm. Right, so. Oh, yeah, wait. You and Jack Bogle had like tea and stuff, right? <laughs> you guys are such good pals. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to do it because I know right. it would make you laugh, but here we it's are. true. Sorry, what you're saying. Um, so, and this applies to stocks, index funds, and we heavily recommend index funds on the show. But one of the things, like I, I was going to tell you, I would almost want to do an episode that I saw – 
uh, two or three days ago how, oh, inflation is coming and the stock market dropped. And literally a day and a half later, it's like the stock market's going crazy and it's doing so well. So there's this constant emotional pull back and forth. So oh, many times, if you're being emotional, you'll say, oh my God, I'm going to lose money. I'm going to sell my index funds or whatever so I don't lose as much. You never lose a penny if you don't sell. So I guess the, the point of that whole thing is if you're a long-term investor, you're going to win over the long term. Um, I have another interesting page. Correct. Does it have stars or no stars? Uh, it has two stars. The other page had probably about eight. All right. So, so this is a two-star page. This is a two. Well, okay. That's a, you know, out of three stars, it's a two-star. I mean, that's still 66%, but okay, here we go. Um, this one I thought was pretty interesting. When the Fed raises interest rates, a number of things happen when interest rates rise. Um, adjustable rate mortgages go up. Credit card rates go up. Student loans go up. Car loans go up. Stock prices often fall, um, partly because higher borrowing costs can reduce corporate profits and investors have less money to invest. And I don't know what CD stands for, but CD rates in banks can go Certificates up. Certificates of deposit. Okay. That's where you give the money to a bank and you say, okay, I'm giving you $5,000. And they, they say, okay, in five years, you're going to earn 3.1%. And there's no way you're going to earn that amount of money in this stock, in this day and age. So, um, you know, they might say, oh, you're going to earn 1.4%. And after five years, you'll earn $5,000 plus 1.4%. Whatever they, I don't know. The, what's your, right. It's all, basically giving them the money and they'll guarantee you money five, 10 years, seven years, however long the certificate of deposit is. So the CD rates in banks can go up, but not as much as interest rate increase. So if the Fed raises the interest rates to, I mean, I don't know exactly how they do it, and I should really refer to my old economic classes. Well, but this is interesting. I'm actually glad that you went to that page because we've never talked about this before. Yeah, because the the Fed kind of, they're the the first domino that kind of can affect a lot. we're in a new administration now. This Mm -hmm. is the year 2021, and we're in the Biden administration, and he just put Janet Yellen as the head of the Fed. So that's the Federal Reserve. They decide if inflation is starting or deflation is starting. Inflation is like, oh, the prices are too high. Yeah, to pay if, for if, one if, for one loaf of bread, you're paying $10. Correct, but it's more along the lines of like if they say Tesla's worth $680 per share, maybe it's just people being overly excited about something and really the fundamentals of the company don't really support it being $680 a share, right? right? Just like the same thing when we talked about a few episodes ago about GameStop not really being worth, if a, they're closing stores, it really, their stock price shouldn't Right, go up. so, but I guess I have to ask, isn't inflation that, but across a wide range of In, spectrums? It, yes. It's not it, just one company. Inflation it's, is when things are overvalued. Right. But multiple it, it, things are overvalued. Correct. Yeah. But it, it, I'll give you an example. So if you say, okay, here, I have a 1978 Corvette, and it's kind of rare. And you go, okay, I'll give you for $28,000. And you bought it for fifteen. It's probably no way. It could go up a little, but it's not going up nearly double. But some people will pay because they have to have it. So that's yeah. overvalued. I guess it, it depends on the rarity of the car. Correct. So, you know, it's one of those things, and it is what the market will bear. But many times, it's not exactly. It's just somebody has to have it. So when the Fed raises interest rates, they believe that the market is getting too big for its britches, 
and it needs to come down. So they will raise interest rates, which makes it harder to borrow money. And when people borrow money, that's how um, banks make money and it starts to regenerate the economy. There's There's an economic term for it that is that if you put in $10 into the bank and the bank lends that out to someone and then it's like there's, it's just a constant back and forth and flow of money. It all generated from just $10. Correct. So if I, and that term is something that hopefully a few of you guys know of, but it's basically a very basic concept at its core. And, you know, $10 can end up making, you know, $50 worth of, or $49,999 worth of Well, let me give you an example. You know, let's, say money. A, let's say a construction company. When the interest rates come down, let's say interest rates were 3%, and they go down to 2.25%, Some construction company that's worth $600,000 says, you know what? We were thinking of expanding and hiring 10 new guys, but we can't do that unless we buy a lot more equipment. So we're going to buy two more vans, and we're going to buy a whole bunch of you know saws and hammers and whatever you need for construction, and we're going to... Because we can, we can go and get more business, but we can't do the business and be good at it unless we hire more people. Right, yeah. We need to so expand if, our capacity. So if the interest rates go down, we'll buy two vans, we'll buy all this equipment. So when they go up, the opposite happens. When they go up, you go, uh, I'm not thinking- Got to hold off on buying all of that equipment. Or hiring new people. Right. Because the interest rates are going up and you're like, is it worth it? I might not be able to support this. But so I find it interesting that CD rates in banks can go up when the Fed- well, when raises the, it, the rates. When the Fed raises the rates, it's what it costs to borrow money, but it's also what they're paying on things. Oh, so if, you know, for whatever reason we find ourselves, you know, 10% interest from a bank is probably not going to happen. But if it ever did, that might be a, a worthwhile thing to invest in a bank because you know you'll get 10% returns. Correct. Right. So that's also very hypothetical because clearly they, ne- they might never go to 10%. Correct. But read what it says in there about um, what happens to the stock market. Stock prices often fall partly because higher borrowing costs can reduce Correct. corporate So my, my example about construction company. Someone says, this guy who owns uh, an apartment complex said, will you go and build me four more apartment complexes? And you go, there's no way I can build those apartment complexes in the time he wants unless I hire 10 more guys. Well, I can't afford to hire 10 new guys unless I buy two new trucks. And I can't afford to buy two new trucks unless interest rates go down. Because at the end of the week, I might have to put out $200,000 salary to all my employees. And if I can't afford that, then I could go bankrupt. It's all on me. So when the interest rates go down, they go, okay, Let's expand the business. When you expand the business, you put more people to work. But so connect connect that in one sentence to stock prices. So when interest rates go up, the construction company cannot afford to hire more people. So therefore, the value of his company doesn't go up. As if the construction company was a public stock. Correct. Okay. That was... And the, it would be the, the same thing with like... The public stock of the construction company, this hypothetical correct. construction company, and, is and what I was And it would be mentioning. the same thing with Microsoft or Google or whoever hiring more employees. Right. Although I, I'm going to be Im- impressed. Probably not. That's not the right word. But if Microsoft ever didn't feel like they could, you know, afford to hire more people um, or, you know, a Google or an Apple or um, what have you. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty interesting because I feel like if stock prices also, they go down, isn't that kind of when you need to like jump on the market and buy more? 
Yes. That's like a strategy. And that's where, and that's exactly where. Um, is that what the Fed is hoping people do? Yeah, but I mean, they Buying have, they have to keep balancing it. They can't let it get too overpriced and they can't get it too underpriced. Right. So for instance, if interest rates drop, more people are hired. If interest rates rise, maybe some people are laid off and there's more unemployment. Right. So it's a balancing act. Kind of makes sense. And yeah. the Fed is in the middle trying to say, let's try and balance it out so that as few people as possible are unemployed. Right. It, it makes me wonder what they do in this pandemic type situation because, you know, clearly it's not that people don't want to be hired. It's that companies are going out of business for something that the Fed can't really, I don't know how much power they have over it because we physically can't interact with each other like business might um, want. But uh, yeah, so they're constantly changing things because if they did nothing, then the stock market would truly be unregulated and that would be Correct. Yeah. It would be bad. And and a lot of times the Fed won't do anything with interest rates for six months, nine months. And sometimes they'll do something with interest rates every two months. So it all depends on how, you know, you're using people with a lot of financial knowledge that says what will be the best for all people. So in terms of buying a house, you know, not that I'm going to hunt down the Fed in, you know, 10 to 15, maybe even 20 years if I, you know, I'm lucky enough to try and buy a house. And the the interest rates, if I'm, you know, watching and they go down, that might be a good thing for when I want to try and hop on a loan. Correct. It's, I'll just, I'll clarify this. You say adjustable rate mortgages go up. Is that, that's excluding fixed and you recommend fixed? Correct. Okay. So if the Fed raises interest rates, that includes adjustable rate loans. Right. So if they raise an interest rate, if Bank of America is borrowing a billion dollars from the federal government to help make mortgages, they're maybe not going to do that as much if the rates go up. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. So, but let's talk about if, if the rates go up and we say the stock market kind of drops because businesses can't hire as many people. Is that a good or a bad time to invest in the stock market? Uh, I feel like that's... Wait, repeat it one more time. <laughs> if the Fed, if which the is Fed, the Federal Reserve... No, I know what the Fed run is. ...run by Janet Yellen right now. Right. If interest rates go up and the stock market drops, meaning... That's per- when you want to invest more. So, you can... If you follow the financial news and you just say, oh... Oh, on Friday, they're going to talk about whether they're going to raise interest rates or not. You might wait until Friday to invest. Because if the Fed raises rates, you go, oh, it's a good day to buy. Have you done that before when you're buying? Oh, Have you tracked yeah. the Fed? Oh, are yeah. you are you like, you know, on Janet Yellen's Instagram and stuff? No, I'm not on any. I am. <laughs> no. We're, oh, yeah. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm yeah, sorry. Janet and I are buds just like Jack Bogle and I have tea all the time. Right. And who's passed away a while ago. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> no, but the truth is, I, I might decide to invest like I tend to pay my bills and invest on the 25th of each month. And there are some months if like, for instance, during the pandemic, I didn't work for six months. So I didn't invest during that time. Okay. Well, you know, because I want to be bringing in money to invest some money. Yeah. Any, any money that you were bringing in, in terms of like residuals which so yeah exactly but i'm bringing uh so i'm investing approximately on the 25th of each month but i could go 
Um, you know, on the 27th is when they're going to make an announcement about Fed raising the interest rates or lowering them. So I might wait and go, hey, I might get stocks and the index funds for cheaper. So let me just find out. I'm going to buy within this five-day period no matter what, whether they go up or down. But if I wait to the day they go down, I got the, the index funds for cheaper. So it's roughly using the Fed to try and time something within a five-day window, which well, isn't, not that timing is ever a good thing. I know that's something you should stay away from, especially because. Timing I mean, is bad. Well, it's funny because I, uh, I, I'm not going to say I fell into the rabbit hole because I really haven't spent that much time on the app. Like I only let myself spend like maybe 10 minutes on it a day. Which app? TikTok. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, I hopped on it on the trend and, you know, an hour late, a year late. Um, but, uh, you know, I've liked a couple of financial videos just because I'd like to see that stuff and see what is trending and what people are right. really gravitating towards. A lot of it is like, oh, make a bet that this is going to go up and you buy something and it's worth $9, then it goes up and it's it's now worth $10 and you, you did it in the span of a minute and then you just made a dollar in a minute. Or, you know, there's people that... It even do that more, and I go, okay. Well, you haven't taught people what happens if you happen to invest nine dollars and then it goes down to like two in a minute. I don't know that a, you know that drastic of a change happens in the span of a minute, but I feel like the stock market has done crazier things before. Oh yeah. So you know, look at GameStop. Exactly. So it makes me feel like you know a lot of what's being shown on TikTok is like, you know. That, you know, all of the benefits, but they also, you know, are leaving out like, here's what happens when the opposite happens. Well, you know what TikTok is? It's like, look at me, look at me, look at me. So it's emotional. Let's be emotional about what I'm about to tell you. Well, I think it's more just like, it's a really good place for advice, like across all different, you know, industries and, and everything, but, you know, have to take into an account that it's, it's a, only 60 seconds you know, max of a time. And even though people do part one, part two, like they can continue on. It's, uh, I feel like there's only so much you can include in a minute. And that's why, you know, half the research that you've done, you didn't all learn that in a minute. All of the things you've learned haven't been done in a minute. Although I will say that, you know, just scanning this book right now throughout this podcast, it does seem like uh, a lot of the research and the things that you gravitate towards all kind of reiterate the same things, which we've kind of discussed throughout the two seasons of this podcast. Right. I, I, I came upon a financial philosophy from believing things that made sense to me. So I just had this intellectual curiosity, and then I developed my own philosophy. And then I started, when, when people would say some stuff that made sense to me, then I started following them, and I became more of a believer in whatever their philosophy was. But, but let me finish one thought. So you said we talked about no timing, right? Yeah. So I will appear to admit to you that if I know the Fed is going to invest, let's say, or announce interest rates go up and down on the 22nd, on the 21st, on the, it's within the two-week period of what I was planning to invest, I might pay attention on that day and maybe invest the next day or invest on that day. So that's a mini timing. So, uh, okay. So that's fine because that's over a two-week span. You're not like spending six hours a day trying to time the market by no, minute by minute. No. Um, let me ask this. Do you watch, like just in terms of resources, 
Are you just looking at news articles about what Janet Yellen says? Are you looking at the White House? Are you looking at, are you watching like some uh, business? One thing I will probably never do is sit in front of CNBC because okay. that is is playing with your emotions up That's and down. That's what I was going to ask. Where they constantly have like Jim Cramer saying, oh, well, what do you recommend? Well, this, this, and this, 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 and this. It's like- I don't know the name Jim Cramer, but I already feel like I know who you're talking about. He does a show on CNBC. Does he sit on like a stool? Um, no, I think he There's, usually stands and, he's, and he has a show called Mad Money. Okay. Yeah, that might still be the same show. So he's show, like, though. do this, do Is this. Is he bald Yes, and then he, he says, bye, 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 or he says, sell, sell, sell. Okay, and, yes, and, I know who this man is. It's a very hyped-up show. And I will never watch a show like that, not that I don't think he has investment knowledge, but it's constantly playing with your emotions. I told you, and I, I will say this over and over again, when you invest in a stock or an index fund or any sort of um, security, which is basically a stock or a company, you're investing in a company. So when I invest in an index fund, I'm basically investing in every company. Uh, no matter what goes up or what goes down, I own every company. I own a tiny piece of it, but I own every company. And I have a lot of um, confidence that over the long term, I'm going to do okay if I own every company. Now... I don't go, you know what, just like a marriage, I don't go, well, the first time you have a mar uh, an argument, I'm out, I'm quitting, I'm divorcing. I'm not doing that. Once I buy a company, I bought it because I believe in it. And yes, even he's if he's married to not only my mother, but also elements of index funds. Right. <laughs> um, so I guess, uh, you know, we're we're coming up on, you know, a solid 26 minutes here. And I just wanted to mention one last thing because I just – you know, I'm, randomly I'm, I'm glad you got to this page. Oh, so he already pre-read it while we were discussing No, I didn't pre-read it, but I... You just know? Yeah, go ahead. You can read it out let loud. Let me describe the page to you just before I say what's on the page. Um, it's written, this one sentence, or I guess it's a pair of sentences together. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Check the next page. Oh, geez. Oh, okay. Well... It's it's eleven, but it's eleven times what two is, pages. It says low fees are the best predictor of investment success. The lower the fees, the more you make. And you, sir, are someone who I wrote that eleven times. You wrote that eleven times, and he also, mind you, folks, he also writes in all caps. Caps. It's easier to read. It makes sense. Yeah. To me. Well, he does. You know, I I would call your writing a little bit cursive. -y. Um, like it has its own flow. Like whenever I see something written down, like I know if it's you or not because right. of just your writing style. But like, even when you type some things, like a lot of it is often in caps, like, you know, we'll search something on Google on your laptop and like, we're searching for like how to do blank. And it's like all in caps on Google. So you, you are someone who, um, enjoys the bold and the beautiful is what I'll say. <laughs> um, a soap opera. <laughs> um, well, so, I didn't but, mean it like that, but if you want to claim your love for soap operas, that's so fine. But read that, that's, read that sentence again, and I'll explain it. Low fees are the best predictor of investment success. The lower the fees, the more you make. Right. So when you invest in index funds, you have the lowest possible fees imaginable. Supposedly, Fidelity is now offering zero fees to buy their thing, meaning not even a management fee is sort of like, okay, I think it's $30 when I invest in the Schwab total index, total market index fund, if I had $100,000 invested in that index fund, the total amount I would pay a year is $30. 
usually if someone had a hundred thousand dollars, they probably probably paying thirty eight hundred dollars. That thirty eight hundred dollars is not earning compound interest. The only thing that's not earning compound interest is thirty dollars. That is such a ridiculously good deal. And people have done the math, and over time, the less fees you pay, you will make a killing. You do not have to have a stock that goes up 28% a year. You do not have, an, have to have an index fund Slow that does- Slow and steady wins the race. Yeah, you don't have to have an index fund, oh, well, this year it went up 20%, and this year it went up 11%, so it didn't do so good. If you could just make 7 to 7.5% the rest of your life consistently- even though when the stock market goes down, like one year the index fund went up 20 and the next year it went down minus four, over two years it was 16% up or 8% a year. Let me finish. So with that 8% a year, over t- long term with low fees, you will be a very wealthy person. So let me just ask this. I feel like if you don't know this offhand, that's fine. I feel like it might be something of a general guess of in the past – 10 years, maybe 15 years, Yes, has the stock market overall, you know, the percentage of growth gone down, like been in the negative, like it's no. grown in the negative. No, we-, we Grown in the, in the last, negative. You, you guys know what I mean. Something like the last 11- Has the growth been negative 1%? No, in the last 11 years, we've been in a bull market and we still are. Uh, Even in the pandemic, in the pandemic, which was bad for the economy- the stock market S&P 500 went up 16% last year, 2020. That's pretty amazing. Do you know what it was, um, you know, in the past five years? Uh, I don't know what the average was, but I know in the year 2019, it averaged between 25 and 28%. So that's really high. So, but if we said, let's say it was 28%, and I said if you made 7% a year, you'd be very wealthy. If in one year you make 28%, Oh, that's good. Well, so it makes me wonder if, you know, let's say in two or three years, or I can't really predict it, that it's not 28%. Yeah, it's it's, minus 10. Okay, if if that's possible, I really hope we don't go through a year like that. But in the long run, having a plus 28 and I guess now plus 16 outwardly, you know, even though that's however many years in the back when maybe you don't have as much money as you do when the stock market goes down 10%, you know what I mean? Right. That'll still, in, in the long run, you'll be fine. The, ten, the negative 10% absolutely is, be fine. You're still on the up. It's like a roller coaster, right? You're going up, you're going up, and then you go down. I know and I'm going to sound like up. a broken record, but you can answer this question for me, I bet. Over the last 100 years, what has the S&P 500 or the, the total stock market averaged? Like nine and change, 9.35. You got it, 9.3. So it's 9.3. Clearly, clearly. 9.3 is better than seven, right? He's been telling me since the womb. He's a future teller and he he told me since, you know, 97, beginning of 97, he said, it's, Honey, it's 9.3. Just remember that number. 9.3. I didn't say that. I just Don't be emotional about no, the stock market. The thing I used to say to your, to your mom's belly when you were in her belly, I used to go, compound interest. Remember, oh, right. Compound yes, interest. because that was my first word, right? Not yeah. mom or dad. Or- no, no. It was c- 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 compound interest. Yeah, it was great. It was stuff. really weird. You started on the first line and then we're very I, clear about the second. Smooth on the rest of it. Yeah, no. for sure. Um, I think you were three months old. I doubt that because I remember uh, like still 
I, guys, it's kind of embarrassing to admit now, but like, I don't think I fully walked until I was three, right? No, no, kinda, no, no. You were about 18 months, which is a little bit later than most people. But I was like fully the, walking on my knees. Like I preferred walking on my knees no, than actually walking. Because when you tipped over, you were a little embarrassed and you didn't like it. Well, and I probably it, cried is no, what that means. No, but then at 18 months, you were totally sprinting around like a normal person. Okay. Well, here we are. Uh, thank you for uh, j- joining us on this Russian roulette of my dad's journal, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and we hope you learned something new. I mean, I was kind of surprised to hear about, um, I just didn't even know about that- About the Fed or the low fees? The, the Fed, I mean- Low fees make sense. I feel like, you know, you're avoiding anything that has fees. I mean, that's same with credit cards. A- anything that has an extra fee that you don't feel you need to pay for, you know, you're you're not going to you're not going to pay for it. If like Netflix had a free version that right. you just had to watch ads during it, but it was significantly more on demand in a different platform than just regular TV, I feel like you'd you'd do that right. versus paying, you know, 10 or whatever it is, $15 a month for Netflix. Um but yeah, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you and so much. Keep uh, subscribing and uh, leave a comment. Yeah, we really you know, appreciate you. guys. Let us know if there's anything you'd like us to cover. We are, we are, we have our email on our website, dadsdaughtersanddollars.com. And very soon, we're going to have our first guest. We don't know it's in the next couple episodes, maybe the next three, but we're going to have we're our first guest. We're very excited. Very about Very excited to host someone and also work out the. Um, workings of our board to try and like oh if someone calls in because we do not have a third microphone we're very lucky to have two but we do not have three that'd just be a lot um but um thank you so much and we'll see you next time the content on dad's daughters and dollars is for informational purposes only and does not constitute professional financial advice listeners should consult an attorney accountant financial planner or other professionals to suit your specific needs